Hey, 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 guys, it is Allison. I am the host of your show, Allison Answers Mission Awake. I cannot wait to sit down with you today and go over how we are going to crush the mediocrity in your life that has been plaguing our society since the beginning of time. I cannot wait to have a real deal conversation that includes intelligence, fun, excitement, and real actionable steps to make a real difference in the life that you're living now and making it into something you can be damn proud of and excited to live. Sit down, put on your damn seatbelt, and get ready for the ride of your life. Today, it is Allison from Allison Answers. I have a fantastic guest today, and I'm going to introduce you to her with kind of a formal bio to begin with. Her name is Amber Shaw. She is a mind and body transformation expert and founder of the Wellness Revolution, a leading global movement for thousands of women over 40, empowering them to rediscover their confidence, create a lifestyle that is effortless and sustainable. She's an incredible motivational speaker. She's a philanthropist and internationally recognized authority in the health and wellness industry. Amber coaches women all across the world on achieving sustainable weight loss without dieting their way through their life. Amber's work is mostly motivated by her own powerful transformation, which you know that I am all about that. She had extreme seasons throughout her life with uh, eating disorder and extreme weight gain and weight loss and the whole experience of of the dieting, um, deprivation, starvation, binge cycle. At the age of 40, Amber took radical ownership of her life and went on an intentional journey to heal from the inside out and finally stopped being at war with her body. I'm very much relating to this bio because that is that has been my path as well, which is really what makes her such an incredible guest. And I'm hoping that we're going to be able to reach you and people. And if you know anyone who's struggling with eating, with um, eating disorders, with body dysmorphia, with self-hatred, this is a show for you. It doesn't have to be just, you know, just about eating or eating problems or body image problems. Any of us can change our mindset and our perspective on who we are as people. You know, Amber is committed to, to finding the purpose in her own pain and to creating a way for you to get out. So we really align in that way. Her wellness revolution started as like a side hustle to a full-time pursuit. And in less than a year, she built a six-figure business uh, helping other women transform their lives as well. Amber is a nationally board certified health and wellness coach and certified personal trainer. Amber is committed to overhauling diet culture so women have the support and accountability they need to change their lives. Her insights have featured in numerous media outlets like NBC, Fox, CBS, and Ask Us Beauty, where she regularly contributes as the resident health and fitness expert. Amber is a sought-after speaker who has taken the stage at health and wellness events such as the Fitposium and the RD Entrepreneur Symposium. She also shares her expertise on her highly rated bi-weekly podcast, The Wellness Revolution, which has featured noteworthy guests like Gabby Bernstein, Anthony Trucks, Julie Solomon, and Dr. Jade Tata. Uh, Amber's mission is to help millions of women worldwide heal their relationship with food and themselves while empowering them to transform them, their lives, love their bodies, and create lasting results. So my expectation 
is that you will receive a tremendous amount today from Amber. So sit back, please take notes, please focus because this is a ride you will want to take today. Looking forward to it. See you on the other side. Hey, 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 guys, how are you today? It is Allison from Allison Answers and Logger Counseling Services. As I mentioned before, I have the coolest guest. Her name is Amber Shaw. And as I also mentioned, Amber and I resonate in a lot of ways because we mostly want to reach you and reach your heart and reach your struggle so that we can share how we climbed our way out of dark places and became triumphant and created triumphant change in our lives. So all we really want to do is share how we did it. And Amber is a person who's here to really, really make a difference in your life. That is why she showed up today. And I want to thank you so much, Amber, for being here. I'm honored to have you. I think that your story is amazing. I feel like it's the same story (laughs) that that I had. And I just want to say about our story prior to you saying it is that anyone who's experiencing any kind of struggle with eating disorder, body image uh, struggles, um, complete utter self-hatred, I think both of us stand together and say we understand. Mm -hmm. And we deeply understand. We don't understand in terms of book smart. We understand from the, you know, boots on the ground, you know, head in the toilet shit. Mm -hmm. So we just want, if you know anyone who is currently struggling, we're here to share hope because this is a recoverable experience. So Amber, howdy. Yes, howdy, howdy girl. girl. It's so good to see you. I love right before the show. It's like we're BFFs because I just saw your beautiful self, what is it, a week ago, two weeks ago? I love yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. And you know yes. what? I know that you have so much to share. And what I'd like to know, if you could share with everyone, how you ended up becoming so, it's not so much so accomplished, which you are, but how you have overcome the struggles in your life and are able to help others with that. Like, where did it all begin, you know, with your personal struggle? Yeah, you know, I would love to talk about that because I think for so many of us, particularly women, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to alienate the men. I know this is also the same for a lot of men. They just don't talk about it as much. But I think for a lot of for people, uh, it goes back to when we were kids. We know the situations and experiences that we had as children that really shaped who we became as young adults, and then how as we became as adults. And so for me, you know, I really have been on uh, a a path of really hating my body from such an early age. I think from the age of probably, I would associate maybe around nine years old, I had this overwhelming feeling that I was just, the body that I had wasn't good enough. And what I didn't realize at the time is subconsciously what that was programming in my mind was that I was not good enough. And how this all came about was I grew up, you know, I'm I'm almost 44 years old. I grew up in a time with where all the women in my life, my mom, my aunt, everybody, I mean, all they did was talk about being on a diet. All they did was talk about, 
you know, how fat they were and how they wish they had this different body and doing this diet and doing that. And, you know, and I, as a young girl, um, I was not an overweight kid, but I was always um, very more developed. Uh, and I was a tall, athletic girl. And so, you know, there was definitely, you know, times in my life where, you know, females in my life made comments about my size, about, you know, being bigger. And also I was bigger than a lot of the girls my age, a lot of the boys my age. And so I just say all that to say it was just all of these experiences combined, which I didn't realize it at the time. Uh, in fact, I didn't wasn't even able to put all this together until probably much later uh, when when things got really bad for me. But you know, I started my first calorie restricted diet when I was 15 years old. I didn't even know what a calorie was. I just know that I'm not supposed to eat a lot of them. I don't even know what they were. I just <laughs> knew that I just wasn't supposed to eat very many. Okay, so I was always making choices on my food based on you know at 15 years old based on um, you know the the lowest calorie food, right? And so this really just progressed. And again, what this instilled in me too, and even looking back at even, you know, 15 years old, um, I was just a very, even though I presented myself on the outside um, as a very confident and strong, I mean, I was captain of the cheerleading, cheerleading squad. I was, you know, in SGA, I was in student government. I was all the things, but on the inside, I was a very, very uh, insecure uh person, uh, an insecure little girl. And so this really just progressed through my 20s where this manifested at a very dark time of my life where I was bulimic. Uh, I was dating somebody who was very focused on the external and it just, my constant uh, like uh, feeling of needing to like look perfect and be perfect and just all of it really the, uh, just manifested in and sticking my finger down my throat. I mean, it was yeah. like, it was just, it was a weird, um, it was a very difficult time for me, but it was a, through a lot of therapy, I've come to realize it was just a way for me to gain control when there was a lot of my life that felt out of control. Yeah, uh, And it was like, one of the things that I could control was what I put in my body and what I took out of my body. And I yeah. did that through, through bulimia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would say that in my twenties, I healed, I, I, fortunately, I was very lucky that I had a lot, I had the financial resources and, uh, kind of the wherewithal and the support to get the, uh, the help through therapy to stop the physical act of, of binging and purging. But in hindsight, I never really solved, I never got to the root. I didn't really solve what was really going on with me. I didn't do anything to solve my issues of, of uh, lack of worthiness and a lack of self-confidence and self-esteem and all of that. I didn't do any of that. I was just, I didn't know how to do any of that. I just thought that I solved the the physical part of it. So I was good. And so this really just became the story of my life where I was just bouncing from one diet to the next constantly. Like my body was never good enough. And again, from the outside looking in, people would be like, you've always been very in shape. Like you've always been very physically fit, but like the mental struggle that I was in day to day when it came with food, the agony of like constantly analyzing my body in the mirror. I mean, I couldn't even go by a mirror ever without lifting up my shirt and checking to see how fat my stomach looked. Like, I mean, like, do you know what I mean? Like constantly yes, I, analyzing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Waking up every single morning and like weighing myself like a ritual. I mean, it was just... I was so obsessed and I was so miserable. And so fast forward to, you know, in my early thirties, I um, had two children with both 
kids. Um, I gained a lot of weight. It was really unhealthy. It was probably, uh, you know, 65, 70 pounds with both babies. But it's really because I would use those nine months as like an all out binge session. You know, I had been, you know, on these restrictive diets for pretty much most of my life. And so I was like, you know, this is my time. This is my time to really go in. And it was not healthy. I mean, I was, I had a lot of issues, blood pressure issues, all kinds of stuff. And then after I had my kids, I lost the weight, but I did it very unhealthy. I was just, I was in a very, very, I had a hard time losing the weight, but I did it and it was very unhealthy. I basically like starved myself. And then fast forward to, uh, I was turning 40 and this would have been in, I guess, 2019. I was getting ready to turn 40 and I had two kids and I had a very successful sales career. I had been in sales for about 18 or at that point, about 16 years. Uh, from the outside looking in, I had married my childhood sweetheart. We've been been friends since we were seven. Um, <laughs> but what nobody knew, um, what nobody really knew is that my life was a complete fucking mess. So sorry, can I say it? No, you could say it. Go. <laughs> Do it. What, I'm going. What people didn't <laughs> know was that my life was a complete fucking yes. mess. Um, my marriage was imploding, uh, completely imploding. There were some situations that happened that I don't really discuss publicly, but they were completely completely out of my control and completely, well, let me, let me back that up. I, I have done a lot of therapy since my divorce and I take ownership from the things yeah. that did, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do right in my marriage. However, these situations that happened, uh, I, I, they, they were not ones that I wanted. And, um, and I was a complete mess. I was not satisfied in my job, even though my job was very, I was making a lot of money. I was making multiple six figures doing a job that I could do in my sleep. I had two very, you know, healthy children, um, but I was really struggling on how to be a. Uh, I was really struggling with my identity uh, on how to be a mom, but also not lose who I was prior to being a mom. Yes. Um, I also was really struggling with like how to do everything and do it well. I'm a perfectionist, so you know, being the 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 perfect wife and doing the job well, being the perfect mom, and still making time for my friends and like, like all of it. I was really struggling with that piece of it. And then I was really, really struggling with how happy I was with, with me, with, with really, I was realizing that I didn't really love myself. I was realizing that. In fact, there were a lot of parts of myself that I hated and that I was so fucking hard on myself and I was just miserable. And so I decided that for my 40th birthday, I was supposed to go on this big like uh, trip to Mexico with all my besties and do like a, you know, girls gone wild, freaking non turning 40 <laughs> party. And I was like, just F all of that. I don't need that right now. I yeah. really want to go uh, on a little more introspective trip to uh, on a yoga retreat. And I really, I just need some time to myself. And so I went to Costa Rica and um, did a, a yoga retreat and I really went with the intention of number one, just having some time to myself. But then the second part of it was getting really intentional on what my next steps for my life was going to be. I, at that time I was not divorced. Uh, and, but I, I kind of had a sneaking feeling that it was on the horizon. Uh, and so I also knew that I wasn't very, uh, happy in my job. I wasn't in a position to leave my job. My, my ex-husband is a very, very successful attorney. And so I also was dealing with a lot of money scarcity issues. So I was trying to, the intention of going on this trip was trying to figure out 
where, like maybe where I could start making some extra money. Right. So like what kind of side hustles could I start? And so (laughs) I'll never forget. I was sitting on a beach and I was meditating and I was just asking spirit. I was asking God, like, what, why, why am I going through all this? Like, what is, what is, what is the purpose in my pain? What is the purpose in my pain? And I, and I, I just had this overwhelming feeling that I wasn't going through all of this in vain, that there was a bigger purpose, that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. And that I, my Dharma was to be the vessel. My Dharma was to be the vessel, to be the teacher of all the, the, you know, everything that I had experienced and all the healing that I have done. And in that moment was, was really getting started on. And I was meant to share that. And so I'll just never forget. Like, it was like a ton of bricks. It just hit me. And it was like the word, I just wrote down the word coach. And I, I am a firm believer that when spirit speaks, you listen. And so I just, I knew in my gut, it wasn't a cerebral knowing it was an intuitive knowing that I wrote that word on purpose and I, and, and that was divine guidance. And I didn't know, I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I just knew that that's what I was supposed to do. And so I, I came back to Atlanta and I'm, cause I'm a freaking doer. Uh, and I decided that I was going to enroll in the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and start really pursuing my passion of helping people with their nutrition and their, um, you know, their fitness and all of that. And the rest is history. It just, my business ended up really doing well during the pandemic. And I was able to leave my, uh, my cush sales job and take what I do now full time. So that was a really long answer, but it was a really long, it was, it was a long journey. <laughs> you know what, the, that answer right there, Amber, though, as a, you know, I wanted to jot down so many things because I feel like you touched on so many important aspects of life. And you know, from the time, you know, early on when you were describing being this like popular, you know, head cheerleader, you know, physically fit, looking beautiful, which I'm, I know you do and I know you did. So, and I think that is such an important message because there are women struggling with all different body sizes, but so often they see a woman look in the mirror, you describe looking in the mirror over and over again. That's all the feelings of insecurity. Mm-hmm. And like, we misunderstand one another. That just mm-hmm. stood out so much to me that there's so many things that stood out. I mean, I feel like like going over like everything you said, because the thing that like, I feel like you're speaking to, and this is the importance I feel for all of us as women, is that there is, there's women who seemingly there's all these successful type a type women who are throwing up in the toilet after they're at a bougie restaurant and the throw ups hitting them in the face and they go out and they wash their face and go out and smile, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're juggling all this shit. And really there's agony inside and it doesn't matter if you look great on the outside, that's just all a a cover of shame. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And the thing also stands out to me. I, I, you blew me away because I, that the part about you meditating on the, the beach, and maybe you could speak to this. I have mm-hmm. found in my walk and recovery is that the biggest transformation for me, and there was a, all a period, all different areas of transformation, but it was when I really started meditating. Mm-hmm. Is something about that? Oh, y- right? yes. Yo, for sure. I mean, 
You know, I think one of the greatest gifts for women is our intuition. We abs and and for me, I do believe that our intuition is our direct our direct line to source, right? Whether you call it source or God or spirit or whatever your spiritual beliefs are, I absolutely believe that our intuition is our direct line to source. And I think that one of the why meditation meditation can look a lot of different ways. I think a lot of people have the misconception that meditation is this very strict Buddhist practice. And there's and there's there is that form of it too, which is a very beautiful practice as well. Um, but it's not just limited to that. Meditation could be anything you make it. It could be literally just closing your eyes for three minutes and and listening to the sound of your breath. You're meditating. It could be standing in the line at the supermarket and just going a little bit inward and connecting with your thoughts. That can be meditation. Yoga can be a moving meditation. And so for me, the reason why I found it to be so powerful is because when I started really leaning into meditation, you know, I was at a time in my life, and I think most women live their life like this all the time, which is we are constantly bombarded with, uh, with, with, you know, different messages and we're constantly just, you know, and also we're constantly taking care of people and we're constantly pouring out and we're constantly receiving and all of this. And it's, it's very easy to hear everybody else's voice, but your own. And it's very easy to lose connection with your inner feelings and your, your, you know, your thoughts and like how you feel. And one of the most powerful things I ever learned to do was literally just to get quiet and ask the very simple question, how am I today? How, 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 you know, how are you? How are you? You know, and and really not giving a superficial answer like we're so programmed to do in just yes. normal conversation with people, but like I'm fine, I'm fine. But no, really asking yourself, how am I today? Like really, how am I? And and you know, I think that it is it. I've come, I've solved some of my greatest life's challenges in just spending a few minutes with myself because I definitely believe that we do have the answers within us. Always. Now we may look to different mentors and, and therapists and support systems to help guide us and create that safe space where it can be pulled out of us, but we always have the answers right within us. And the best way to tap into that is just to get quiet and listen to your own damn voice. I got to tell you, I'm jumping out of my seat and pretending I'm not. <laughs> I'm trying to act like I'm not doing that. But I want to go, girl, what the fudge? Are you here? I feel like everything you're saying, I feel like I'm, I could just be, I feel like I'm just listening to me. Because I it's like, it. that sounds weird. But you know what I mean? No, I'm, no, I love you. You're feel so like, Because like, honestly, I it, this whole thing, I ask the quality of our life it has to do with the quality of the questions we ask ourselves. Yes. And ha- like, and going in like that is my gr- like being our greatest friend. What's up? What's happening? I will sit and I'll ask like one question, then it goes to the next. I'll go seven, eight layers deep to find yes. what is really at the source of what's hurting so much. And you'll find this like uncovered fear, you know, because anger, anger is a secondary emotion if you're like frustrated or you know. So like when you find the real, you know, what's really threatening me you know, yes. and then you care yes. for yourself. The the thing you were saying, so many things you're saying, like I'm going, ah, 
but I love it. And I love you. Oh, I wish I could like grab your face and kiss you. But anyhow, like right on the mouth, girl. Seriously. I'm not kidding. I love it. Because you have so much to give and so much to like, I just hope everyone's really hearing your heart. I want, so this thing where you said that you asked for your purpose, I just recently I was at a Dr. Joe Dispenza, you know, week long oh, advanced him. retreat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I go like it. all the time. So I'm, oh. I'm there and I asked, I said, what is my purpose? Now I have all, I'm doing all this stuff in my life. Everybody think that I know my purpose. What, who am I? What is my purpose? And I heard your only purpose, you have one purpose is to know you're lovable. Mm. Now that sounded so it may sound sim- simple to people. It was so, it was that, that profound, like God moment. And then it was like, and then I'm like, okay, to know it, like to know, no, be, know you're lovable. Right. And then, then now you go out from that spot every day, know you're lovable from that spot and teach and show and guide everybody to their lovability. That's mm. it. That's your job. I love it. I love that so damn much. Yes, yes. But, you know, I think the the important and the takeaway there is you have to first know that you yourself are lovable. Yeah, that's the key for sure. And what you're saying, you're saying like meditation, like I'm thinking, I tell people all the time, you know, we have to be awake and aware in the now without judgment in a state of peace. And like what you're describing is just that moment where you're with yourself. Yes. You know, yes. Dorothy, I did this post with red shoes. I was wearing like a whore dress, honestly. Oh, my God, just, I fucking love it. I love it. I love it. It was like this so tight dress, but I'm like, I'm posting this because of Dorothy. You've had it within you all along, dear. Yes. Yes. You know, to yes. find your heart. So could you tell us, because I know that we, when we share these stories, there's these words that are going on in our mind that, you know, that abuser that's following us in our head. And I try to like expose what are those words, if you don't mind yeah. like saying what those words were that you would hear, because I think anybody hearing that, they're not going to feel as alone. Does that make sense? You know what mm, I mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I mean, of course there were absolutely uh, words that I would use that were related to the phys- physical attributes, right? Like definitely, you know, calling my, you know, myself fat or, you know, just, um, you know, using words like ugly and fat. And the word that would come up a lot too for me was um, like fake. And the reason why is because I knew that what I was presenting on the outside was just total, not that I was fake or I was like inauthentic, but I just felt like such an imposter because it was like everybody knew that I, or everyone, you know, I, like I said, I was like, I've always been the very popular, well-liked, you know, girl and all the things. And And people didn't really know what was really going on with me. And so it just felt, yeah, I did feel kind of fake with that as well. And and I would say that I don't know that I had necessarily the vocabulary to to say what I was feeling, but I can tell you what I I was feeling. So I don't know that I would actually say the word unlovable to myself, but I absolutely, the overwhelming feeling and i didn't even realize it at the time that it was not loved 
it, I knew that it, and I didn't know it at the time that it was like not worthy. It was always like this overwhelming feeling of like not good enough, yeah. right? Like not good enough. And that I think stems a lot from my perfectionist personality for sure. And so this overwhelming feeling of not being good enough, but what I'd learned as I'd gotten more into the um, the work, the inner work, is that really this, this feeling of not being good enough really stemmed from a feeling of not, if I wasn't good enough, if I wasn't as good as I thought I needed to be, then I wasn't loved. Right. So like I needed to be perfect. I needed to have the perfect body. I needed to look a certain way. Um, so that because then if I did, I would be loved. I would be loved. And that was, and that there's a you know, there's multiple layers to get to that. But at the end of the day, that's really what that what that was about. Yeah. And isn't that what we all want? Connection. Yes, and connection and love. Love be feel loved, like we're yes. actually lovable, right? Yeah. 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 And you know, it's so interesting. Think about what really connects us, Amber. Isn't it our vulnerability? Isn't it our brokenness? Like to me, when I hear you describe, you know, um, I had Emily Frisilla on and one of the reasons I wanted her on is because she's like this beautiful, statuesque. She's so well-known. Everybody just looks at her as like, oh, like she's like stunning and smart and accomplished and just a wonderful woman. But she talks about how she hated her legs. She couldn't wear shorts her whole life, how she had no self-esteem when she was a child. And just like, to me, I feel like people, when they look at, you know, they look at our outsides and they have the torture. It doesn't matter because the torture inside is so real. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember yeah. I couldn't go if I was going to go to, I think you're going to resonate with this. I couldn't go to an event a party or whatever it was without knowing being sick to my stomach that I was going to go if there was food involved. Cause I didn't know if I started eating, if I'd be able to stop, I knew I had to starve myself. And I knew that I beat the shit out of myself the entire time I was there shaming myself the way I looked and feeling so self-conscious. So it was so much work to go out, but everybody looked at me and thought I was so happy. Sure. And I got to tell you how that manifested Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. Tell me. Was I absolutely became an abuser of alcohol for sure. I absolutely did. Alcohol Mm. is something I've always, and I talk about a lot. I've absolutely had to work really hard. Uh, And sometimes it can still be, I have to check myself. Alcohol became a medicator in social situations for me to be able to get out of my own head and stop feeling so insecure and be present. I've never been like a drink at home, uh, you know, by myself kind of drinker. And again, there's no judgment either way. Uh, I just mean that it wasn't my thing. It was always for me. And it's always been, um, just in social situations. And, and I know from, again, from doing a lot of the inner work, it is, such this, and it, a lot of it goes back to as well. I mean, this can definitely go deep here, but it goes back to also this overwhelming feeling of wanting to be accepted. And yeah. so from a very young age, I assumed this role as like the outgoing life of the party, party girl, get everybody to have a fucking great time. <laughs> um, and, and so a lot of times what that would end up is, is me blacking out at the end of the night. Yeah. I mean, it's like me just over, over drinking. And so it's definitely something that over the years I've had to really be 
be mindful of because it is, and and for me, again, it was the alcohol. I've never been like physically addicted to the alcohol because it's like I said, it for me, it wasn't about that. It's always been a symptom of it. It's always been a way to um, ultimately feel more liked and accepted. And then also to kind of get me out of my own head so that I'm, I can stop worrying about how fat I look in the dress and how like all the other like nasty things I would say to myself that would allow me just to, so I just like totally, uh, from, from in my twenties, like became such a binge drinker. And then with that led to in my twenties was just doing a hell of a lot of cocaine too, because it was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, was, let's go Amber. I mean, oh, it was, we're going to tear yeah, the shit up here it today. Was, I just, I'm <laughs> telling you, but I only share yeah. all of that though, to, to say that it really is such a destructive path all rooting from my desire to feel loved and accepted and 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 connection right i mean it was mm-hmm. such a just it was a very destructive path for me um and and this is something that i definitely over the years have really had to lean into and and figure out you know why why is it what was the root cause of all of that what what was really going on with me right no. so yeah i mean it's been a lot. I'll tell you some, I just, every time you say like another word, I'm like, well, um, it's this, the same. That's why I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. Like I'm like throwing things in my office. Like, Holy shit. Like she's like telling my story. So it's just funny. I just feel like, you know, when it's time to meet someone, that's when you meet them, you know, it's just I cool love it. to, to know yeah. you. And you know, this, what you're describing here. I just want to shout out to people who anybody who's having any kind of substance dependence, or you just feel like, you know, it's really hitting you. Like you, you can tell that it's, that it's destructive. You know, we we're drug and alcohol counselors here too. So it's like it, what Amber is saying is that whether it's food, cocaine, alcohol, shopping, whatever it is, it's just a, that's step zero. That's a symptom, right? And like, I like even just like when I'm thinking about what you're saying, I'm thinking about like what, what like so much at the heart of an eating disorder or any of these things, right? I feel like it's shame, you know, it's like, you know, because you you buy the dress and the dress works once, you know, you put the dress Mm -hmm. on and it covers the shame for maybe a few hours, but then you put it on again and you're shame, you know, or like Mm -hmm. with the alcohol, I don't know what you think about this. Tell me what you think, because this is kind of what I thought is that with the alcohol, I noticed if I had alcohol, because alcohol is sugar, right? So yeah, it was like really the same thing. So it was like when I, you know, my recovery from eating disorder, so much of it, you know, like, like the alcohol was almost like, would it trigger binging or starving or replacing food? Or do you know what I mean? Like that whole process? Do you? So yeah, I mean, so for me, it was definitely what it would do for me is it was like, of course, the next day, I would always go into like just the self loathing and trying to get control back again. And so I would just like not eat. I, mean, I would just restrict, yeah. you know what I mean? It's almost like, 
I was constantly doing mental calculations of how many calories I ingested. And so then like, if you total up, you know, when, if you drink seven drinks in a night, well, guess what? That's a lot of calories. And so I would like, then that next day, I just like wouldn't eat. Cause I was like, Oh, I got to repent for my sins for having seven drinks. And then because this is always my story too. And I can smile about it now because it's just, it's, but it's just like, I, oh, it's just always like, I, you know, I would always be doing the mental calculations because then also, you know, you guys know if you, you a lot of times you have too many drinks and you just want to, and I, my go-to is always pizza. I mean, just always eat pizza. Oh my okay? God. So then, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then I'd be really restricting myself because I'd inevitably, you know, get, have too many drinks, go eat a lot of food and, you know, and, and then I'd be really hating myself. So yeah, I mean, it was just all tied together. I just think that, you know, in my early twenties, it was, you know, it was the, the eating disorder. And then it went in my late twenties, it was, you know, heavy alcohol use and drug use. Right. And really like mid twenties, all the way through late twenties, it was, it was that. And then, you know, in, and, and the alcohol piece of it is definitely something that, you know, it's just, you, it's a continue because it's so socially acceptable. I'll be honest. There's times even now where not necessarily, where I, I, it's so much of like a, um, uh, a medicator for feeling uncomfortable in social situations, but I've realized at an older age that I actually do have a little, oh, well, I do have a little bit of social anxiety. And so again, I still have to like check myself too sometimes being like, okay, like what's the intention behind here when it comes to anything of shopping of, you know, alcohol and, you know, all of it. Right. I think when I always say, you know, and doing inner work is not about having freaking lobotomy, right? Like at my core, I am still who I am. So much of my childhood experiences and how I'm wired, that's not changing. I think what changes though is number one, you get to know more about yourself and so that you, you can you can uh, kind of see these triggers you uh, happening right ahead of time, so to speak. And you also just know how to react to them a little bit better. But I, I do think that somebody who is really committed to growth and change, it is a constant checking in. And it's not about being perfect. It's not about like some of these things that I've struggled with over the years, I'm completely healed of. It's just having the tools of knowing how to not go down that rabbit hole, how to knowing how to choose to choose to feel differently, how to choose again, right? And and how to show up for life a little bit differently. Um, but anybody that tells you that they are completely healed, they never struggle with any of it, they're probably not being truthful. They just know how to cope with it better. Mm -hmm. You know, I I appreciate so much your honesty, your you know, your authenticity, because that's the pathway for, you know, for freedom for, for yeah. all of us. Right. So I feel like when, isn't it true? Like you being able to say, Hey, I still struggle with social anxiety, being able to say, you know, I still, you know, even, you know, in this, in this video, like I, when I lean back, I'm thinking about like, you know, how do I look right so it's like, yeah. you know, yeah. And I think being open and being able to have those conversations. So it's like healing can be that you're, you're, it's a daily experience, right? Yes. And practice and practice. Yes. yes. And, yeah. and it's, it's like these small, I, I always say like smalls and new big. It's like these small <laughs> incremental goofy yes. is the new sexy too. I just want to say, like um, it. right? Isn't it? Come on, yeah, I like it. I like it. Vulnerability is the new. I'm not sure. Yeah. What, but I don't know. We'll come yeah. up with it. But my point here is, Amber is just like what you're saying right here. 
and you know this, but you're reaching the hearts of people by being real because that's what's bringing you know, what I was going to say. Vulnerability is a new connection, right? It's like the way to really, and by you sharing, you know, we're not perfect and we're never going to be. And we all have this inner world, right? Absolutely. And I mean, I, I do think, you know, one of the reasons why I am so committed to being transparent and, and open and vulnerable is because I think that, you know, we live in this world now where social media really drives, uh, you know, so much of how we feel about ourselves. Uh, you know, it drives what we what we put out in the world for people to see. And a lot of it's bullshit. A lot of it is. And I think that we can uh, fall into this very uh, destructive way of of believing that the snippets that we see, and they are just freaking snippets, the snippets that we see of people's lives actually believing that that's a full representation of their full life. That is dangerous and it, and 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 it's not the way um it's not reality. And so I think that, especially, you know, as as females and as creators and entrepreneurs and women who do have a voice in the uh, you know and a social platform, I think it's our responsibility to um to to let go of all the smoke and mirrors and just be freaking honest. Yes, I'm human too. Have I done a hell of a lot of work and have I accomplished a lot and uh do I uh have I come a long way? Yes, but do I call my mom in tears maybe twice a week just trying to check myself because I'm feeling all the pressures of the world and I'm but you know I'm sad that I don't have a boyfriend and I'm you know this and that and whatever. Yes, Did you hear yes. that guys? <laughs> just kidding <laughs> what no, the I'm hell kill two birds with one stone yeah, exactly. you know i mean i'm serious why not yeah, but it, yeah but it's true right and like i said i think it's really really important it's just the inner work never really ends it's just always about peeling back new layers and just having better coping skills and that's that's what it's about and like i said earlier anybody that tells you different is full of shit you know, much. I feel like the greatest, what you're saying is so perfect. It really is, Amber, because it's perfectly imperfect because it's like, we're almost like we're recovering perfectionists, yes. <laughs> like embracing our humanness, right? And being like, I yeah. like to love being wrong, to love making a mistake. Like I actually practice that, you know, yeah, feeling like an idiot. No, and I love, yeah, I love yeah. that you use the word to recovering and not recovered, yeah. right? Because I'm not a recovered perfectionist. No. I'm still a perfectionist. I am a recovering, which means there is a level of intentionality every day to overcome uh, my perfectionist tendencies. Yeah. However, I'm not recovered. I'm not recovered. Nice. I still am a perfectionist. I just try and do better every day. You know how like Jim Rohn, I, he's one of my favorites. He says that uh, human beings are the only creatures that can determine at any point to stop growing. And that, you know, like um, a tree will grow it to its highest heights and it will it will push its roots as far as it can go and will grow as big as it can. And like at some point we can just say, well, I'm just going to stop growing. But really like what you're saying is to be in this on, this recovering is this ongoing growth 
that were just yes. always, just always willing to be like what, one of the things you said that was really powerful was when you got that, um, that message from source from God. And the word I thought when you said it was that you allowed, that's what mm-hmm. I saw just this, mm-hmm. I like almost saw a flower. It's like opening up, like you were just allowed it to happen. And that's yes. how you like became, like you just like, you know, what's the word? Like it, you unfolded into where yeah. you are because you allowed it. Right. At, yeah. At that time, I was really leaning into a a book uh, by Gabby Bernstein. Yeah. Who, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who the universe has your back. Yeah. And um, it's yeah, it's all about what's you know. It's so I love this. I actually had such a full circle moment. I had her on my show not oh, so that good. long ago, and it was just. So I wonder crazy if she'd to, come on mine. Let's ask. Oh, her. she's amazing. Well, it's just so crazy <laughs> I love because her. Yeah. here I was, and you know, just it was a it was a it was a personal self celebration for me because I was like, wow, just, you know, a year and a half ago, you were sitting on that beach reading her book. And now like everything, as far as you've come, like, look how strong you are. Like you, and you know, I think, and I don't say that to, to boast. Mm-hmm. I say that though, just because I think women, we are so hard on ourselves. We didn't, we don't really allow ourselves to celebrate our strength and, and how far we've come in our wins. And it's so important. And so, um, anyway, so that was a moment for me, but what I was going to say was that when we were, when I was sitting on the beach, I was really leaning into that book. And I think the reason why I was so open is because I, the, the, the mantra that I was really owning at that time in my life was I'm exactly where I need to be. Like it's, I didn't say that I like where I'm at, I didn't say that I'm comfortable with where I'm at. And I certainly didn't fucking say that I'm happy with where I'm at, but I am, I am, I am exactly where I'm supposed to do. And I think when you can really lean into that, it creates such a level of just freedom because it kind of takes for me, what it did is it just, it, it took the pressure off me. Had this person who always felt like I needed to be in control. I just I was like, you know, Jesus take the wheel, right? Like it's almost <laughs> like I was just yes. I was allowing just to believe that I was exactly where I needed to be. And that was and so it allowed me to be open to possibilities. And and so that, that was what was really helpful for me. I love it. Like head, heart, feet, all in the same spot and like acceptance, right? Yeah. And like yeah. you, yeah. You, and the thing is like that, that concept and the thing about uh, you being there and saying, I'm exactly where I need to be. If you could just speak into like this idea, because in that moment, whatever pain you were experiencing, the lack of happiness, a, a big thing for me. And I think the more pain we have in our lives, the more valuable we see it. Like mm-hmm. more, we understand what a gift it is, you know, yes. that it, what it's doing if we allow it, like if we if allow you, it, yeah. yeah, that's always the key. Right. And I think yeah. just even sharing that whoever's in pain today, because I know there's a, there's no shortage of pain out there, you know, yeah. and, um, just to, I think what you bring is you extend hope into that pain, Amber, like you, you infuse that in by, by saying, you know, like we can actually go into that pain and understand it and say, it's, 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 you're safe. You're actually safe here. And it's doing something great for you if you let it. Right. Absolutely. And I think it all goes back to 
you always have a choice on how you're going to look at things. You always have a choice on how you're going to react to things, how you're going to, you don't necessarily always have a choice on what happens to you, Mm -hmm. but you do have a choice on how you respond always. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, you, when, when somebody is in, in, in pain and I'm not, um, you know, downplaying, I mean, people go through some crazy shit, some crazy, crazy shit. But I think that, you know, learning how to really, like you said, just kind of be in it. And, and because you can go one of two ways, you can, you can live in kind of the victim place of like, this happened to me, or you can move into a, this happened for me. Yep. And now that's a really scary thing to say. And especially if you're in a lot of pain, you know, depending on what's going on with you, but you can choose to believe that things are happening to you or things are happening for you. And I can tell you that when you can really lean into the latter, when you can really lean into believing that you're exactly where you need to be, uh, even though it sucks and you don't understand and you don't have the answers and that really things are happening for you and not to you some incredible things, some totally unexpected, incredible and beautiful things can happen in your life. If you would have asked me, you know, three years ago, if I'd be sitting here on a podcast telling my story and with the, with the company that I've built and where I'm at, I wouldn't even believe it if you told me, I mean, not at all. And it's, and it, I believe it's because I, I got quiet and I leaned in and I sat in the shit and I trusted that there was a, that there was something better for me waiting on the other side. And I think that that's, and I, and I think that that's what's, that's where you start. Right. And, but I do think it's starting with getting quiet though. I do believe that. Yeah. You know, that's like a mic drop right there. It's incredible. I'm, I, I'm not sure it's weird. Like I'm hesitating back and forth because, you know, my inner voice is saying, don't say this because whatever, you know, this is the Amber show, but I'm like, I feel so compelled. I don't think I Dang. told you this. And it's like, I feel like I'm just talking to you in my living room, but basically um, this, the, just to tag on what you're saying, a lot of people know that my husband died by suicide, right? A, a year and a half ago. Uh-huh. And um, I never, I didn't say it on your show, no, but I didn't yeah. Know that. And so it sorry. was, it was like a bomb hit my house just the agony was just beyond, I mean, I'm a, I'm a mental health professional. I own counseling centers. We have multi-locations. We're helping people, you know, save lives daily. I get calls all day long. So am I right in my own house? And I mean, you know, like, I, I mean that in my home, this happened. So why am I telling you? I'm just saying it because it's to piggyback on that, that that the darkest hour for all of us, you know, for whatever, whatever. So basically wailing, crying, whatever. And like day two or day three in, I just looked around. I'm like, and I said to my kids, I said, guys, somehow, some way, we're going to, we're going to find a way to gain more than we lost. Mm, and I just, I it was a decision. I had to make it was a decision. decision. Some yes. freaking way I we have got. So, and I said, it could if it takes our whole life to be more than what we lost, then we'll do it. So I kept a book next to my bed and I would write down, what did I gain today? What did I learn today? How did I do, you know, you know, and just the walking through the rubble and just, you know, mm. so, and I kept saying, this is not happening. My son always says it, you know, my, he's whatever he says, you know, this is not happening to us. It's happening for us. How? Mm. We don't know how. And I hate it. 
And I would change yes. it if I could, right? So yes. I just want to piggyback on that. And yeah, Amber, what would you want to say to anyone here? Do you have it? You everything that you've dropped so many golden gifts here for everyone. And I want to thank you for that. Mm. You know, and I feel such a, a propensity. Like, I just want to share my shit with you. So I'm like, I'm forgetting. Wait, this is we're showcasing Amber you here. Not so would you, is there anything that you would like to say further? I want you to know if you're listening to this and you are going through a season in your life, a very difficult season in your life, and you are, you don't have a lot of the answers and you are in a lot of pain. Number one, I want you to know that you are absolutely not alone. I know that you may feel like you're alone, but you're really not that there are so many women and my intention of sharing my story today too, was for you to know that you're not not an outsider, you know, of some of these things that you've been feeling or experiencing, you're not an outsider and you're not alone with that. I mean, it is, it is, um, there's a lot of pain that we, we all go through. And even though it's all individual, there are some common threads that we all share. And especially when it comes to women and how we feel about ourselves and, and all of that. Um, but I do want you to hear that if you will just allow yourself to be open you will get to the other side and that the pain you're experiencing, it is, it can be, if you choose, yes. it can be temporary. It can be temporary. It will not last forever, but you got to make a choice. You have to make a choice. And yes. I think that that's, yeah. Yeah. And you see what you gain from it, right? Yeah. So yeah. incredible if you let it. So yeah. Amber, you know, how can people reach you? And I just want to encourage people to utilize anything that Amber has um, that she's offering, because as you can see, her authenticity, what her desire is, is to really just help you have a better life. So I Absolutely. know that there is no shortage of women suffering with, um, you know, eating and, and body image. And she, this is the girl for you. This is the woman for you. I so love it. tell us, love tell it. us where they can find you, love. Yeah, you know what? I am on, uh, you know, a lot. I'm on TikTok and I'm on Instagram and Facebook. But I got to tell you, my I love Instagram because I can really um, have honest conversations in the DMs with people. And so, um, if anything that I said today really resonated with you, or you've got a question about something or you just want to, you know, reach out, um, please send me a message in my, in my DM, you know, and on Instagram that I don't have a bot. I don't have an assistant answering. It literally is me answering all my DMs. Uh, and I love that is one of the things that lights me up about what I do is that personal connection. So I'm at just Miss Amber, it's MS Amber Shaw, Miss Amber Shaw uh, on Instagram, send me a message and I would love to connect. I'm going to slip right into her DMs, girls. Yes, girl. I'm going to be, be like, she'd be like, why did I tell her that? <laughs> I love you. Oh my God. I love Listen, you. if I could hug you right now, that's what would be happening. I, I really you. just thank you. I appreciate you. I know that you've given so much here and your time is very, very well spent for me. Like I want to thank you for it. Well, thank you for just creating this platform that you have to just really uh, a beautiful platform of just honesty and vulnerability and hope and all of it. And I'm very grateful that I was able to come on and connect with you and your listeners and, and share my story in hopes that it could just help even just one person. And it will help me. Help you. God love you. It's a wrap. 
Guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. I just want to say to you that we are all together a part of the mission, Mission Awake, a mission that's going to stop the mediocrity that's plaguing all of us. So if you got something here today, I ask that you would be a part of this mission and you'd share it with whoever you can. Take a screenshot of the show and share it on your Instagram. If you are looking for me, you can find me on social media platform, Instagram, Allison Answers or Logger Counseling Services. And give us a a review and subscribe, if you could, to YouTube, Allison Answers. That's where you're going to get a lot of content. I drop stuff every day, goofy stuff, all different kinds of stuff, five-minute videos that just get you moving in your day. Have a great week. See you next time.